Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. standing all over the building. Thank you, choir. Thank you, band. That song goes perfectly with this sermon. Which is what I'm calling the rocks cry out. You might have saw that and said, no, they're not supposed to cry out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. As you're standing, if you have your Bibles, turn in the book of Luke, chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 37. And if you don't have your Bible or your iPad or your iPhone or whatever device you have, a main man, Roger, has got it on the screen. Our sound and video guys in the back are the bomb.com. Amen. They make it all look easy, but it's not. So thank you, guys. If you've got it, say amen. amen. All right, I'm going to start in verse 37 then. As he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, today we're going to call Pharisees critics, some of the Pharisees, anybody got any critics in your life? Bless them, Lord. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. See, the disciples were making too much noise. Quiet your disciples down. But then in verse 40, and this is something that you've probably heard several times. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Are you going to let a stone or a rock cry out in your place? I'm not. I'm not. Let's pray real quick. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the worship that we have experienced. I thank you for the presence that we already feel. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I already feel on me this morning. And I can't wait to preach what you've given me. But Lord, I don't want anybody to hear my words. I want them to hear you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them in a way that only you can. Mend the broken hearts. Heal the sick. Lord, I thank you and I praise you and I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. So, the scripture that we started with, Jesus is entering into Jerusalem and the crowds are loud. And they're shouting and love and adoration. For Jesus, they're worshiping Jesus. And you know what? It's good to praise Him. Amen. It's good to praise Him. And the thing is, we, we get a bad rap from time to time. It, it's, praising Him is not a Pentecostal thing. And, and praising Him is not a Church of God thing. Praising Him is not just a Bethesda thing. Praising Him is a biblical thing. Amen. It's in the Bible. 
Y'all know I love David. That, that brother said he danced before the Lord with all of his might. I can relate. There's something that happens when we praise the Lord. When we praise Jesus, it messes the devil up. Bishop Bruce Rabin last week, he talked about prayer and praise. And he said, your praise blinds your enemies. And that's true. It messes up the devil because he wants us to be quiet. See, if we're quiet, he don't have to worry about us tapping in to the other people. I heard a sermon said that if you want to affect people, you got to be infected. I want to be infected with the Holy Ghost so that when I go outside the doors, I can affect people, right? But if we're quiet, we don't affect anybody. And that's what the devil wants. But here's the thing. When you do praise him, the scripture says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him, he gets right on in. And he can be present but when we do praise him and when we do make a joyful noise how many can attest that there's always a Pharisee or a critic amongst us oh he's just dancing that's just him that ain't the Lord oh the music is too loud that sound man needs to turn that music down that is too loud that praise is kind of crazy but here's the thing you don't know what I've been through in the week and the thing is, I ain't praising for you. I'm praising him. And I love all of y'all, but I don't come here for y'all. I come here to get closer to him, to get fed, and then go outside these four walls so that we can affect change. But Jesus said that if we don't praise him, the rocks would cry out. And some of the most dynamic events that have happened in the Bible seem to happen at stones or, or rocks. They set them up as memorials. They prayed at rocks, they slept at rocks, they bled at rocks, and today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have somewhat of a, a rock concert, <laughs> because if you don't praise him, God said that he had some rocks who would. So today I'm asking for you to use your imagination. Can you go with me on a little journey? Use your imagination. I saw a lesson like this several years ago that used this illustration. I said, one of these days, I'm going to preach that. I like that. Today is the day. Today is the day, and you're going to get it. You will like it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but I have asked some special guests to join with me, and, and my main man, Josh, so kindly brought the table over here. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. Because it's heavy. You see those rocks there? Those rocks are heavy. But I've asked some special guests to join us on the stage. And they're ready to share their testimony. So are you ready to hear some testimonies this morning? All right. Well, let me grab one. I think I'm a, this is the one that wants to speak. Do you want to speak? Oh, it is heavy. I might not hold it the whole time I'm talking. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Rock, what would you like to say? All right, I told you you're gonna have to use your imagination, right? If the rocks did cry out, what, what, what would the rock say? Let, let's, let's hear him out. This is the rock speaking, okay? I was on a mountain, and I was minding my own business, and a man named Jacob came along. I'm known as Jacob's Rock, and Jacob, the brother had some problems. See, he had uh, bought his brother's birthright with a bowl of soup, 
he had deceived his father Isaac into getting his brother's blessing by putting on hair on his arms and he he absolutely deceived his dad to get his brother's blessing well his brother Esau had said as soon as my daddy is gone I'm gonna kill him well when Jacob got that news he ran scared he ran scared and and when he came to me he was a stressed out fella he was going nowhere real fast he had no direction in his life he was depressed he was scared have you ever been in Jacob's situation he was a desperate man when I came into contact with him and when he came my way he was so tired he grabbed me and he laid his head on me and he fell asleep he was tired but here's the thing while he was asleep God gave him a dream and he saw the heavens open up and he saw angels ascending and descending and he heard the voice of God tell him that he was going to be blessed and let me tell you when Jacob woke up from that dream he was not the same he was so moved he was so excited the next morning that he built an altar and he put me on that altar but listen to what happens next he did something very strange he took a thing of oil and he poured oil all over me and I will never forget the feeling that I had when that oil hit me and I'm so glad that I get to share my testimony Jacob's rock so I'm here to tell you today that when you're in trouble and you feel like all hope is lost God can give you a dream and he can anoint that dream and even though they say you can't do it and even though they say you're not qualified I can testify to the fact that God is the giver of dreams and when your dream is anointed by God it is unstoppable and it doesn't matter if you have money or not and it doesn't matter who's against you if you've got a God-given dream that's anointed you're unstoppable and if you don't praise him there's a rock somewhere that will cry out and testify to the fact that God can give people who don't know where they're going or what they're doing they're confused and their life is headed nowhere but God can give them an encounter like Jacob had at Bethel the house of God and he can give you an anointed dream and suddenly you can do things that you never dreamed that you could do so if there's anybody in here that God's ever given you an anointed dream and you're living in a house you didn't think you could live in, you're driving a car you didn't think you could drive, you're paying bills that you don't know how you're doing it, give God a praise if he's ever blessed you. Because if you don't, God has some rocks who will. I believe I've got another rock that wants to talk. I believe I got another rock that wants to talk. It's that big one. It's the big one over there. What he would have to say is, well, you heard Jacob's story and you heard from Jacob's rock, but I'm Moses's rock. And by the way, I, I want to let y'all know real quick that this is from the Bible. That first story is found in Genesis 28 and this one can be found in Exodus 17. I just want to make sure y'all hear that. So you've heard from Jacob's rock, and now we're going to hear from Moses' rock. Well, tell us, tell us your story. Tell us your story. I was in the wilderness. It was dry. It was barren. It was fruitless. Nothing was going on. 
But then all of a sudden, I heard an awful bit of commotion and millions of people were marching through the desert. You see, they had come out of Egyptian bondage. I heard that much. And they had their animals and they had all their family. There were millions of people and they hadn't had anything to drink for three days. And they were murmuring and they were complaining and they were complaining about some man named Moses. And I will never forget that old man, Moses, because that old man, he got mad. Has anybody ever got mad? <laughs> Moses, he got mad. He got so mad with those people murmuring and complaining that he took this stick. He took this stick and all of a sudden I said, well, brother, what you doing? What you doing? I see him rear up and he, he hit me. This is the rock talking now. This is the stone talking. He hit me. And when Moses hit me with that stick, I'm telling you what, I started feeling something inside of me. Have you ever felt something stirring inside of you? I felt something stirring inside of me. And all of a sudden, when he hit me with that stick, there was something bubbling inside that felt like rivers of living water. And I'll never forget the day in my desert, in my dry place. All of a sudden, a miracle happened in my life and out of my belly flowed rivers of living water and all of those people were able to drink and weren't thirsty anymore. And I just want to cry out. I've been waiting for y'all people to shut up so I could praise him. I've been waiting for generations to tell my story because I'm here today to tell you that God can bring rivers to people's deserts. I saw it. God knows how to make a way when there is no way. God knows how to make a desert bloom like a rose. And if you've ever had living water come up inside of you that I was talking about, that's the Holy Spirit. Out of your dry and barren place, if you don't praise Him, there's a rock that will cry out in your place. Not me. Can I keep going? I see another one. You, you want to talk, don't you? I'm Joshua's rock. And I was sitting on the impregnable walls of Jericho. And see, we had kept God's people out of the promised land for so many years. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'm here to testify that God's people's praise can still bring the walls down. Amen. Because listen, when those people were walking circles around us and they started to open their mouths on the seventh day after marching around the walls of Jericho, you should have heard the inhabitants of Jericho, they were talking junk about those people. They thought they were crazy walking circles. They were making fun of them. But I'll never forget the day when those trumpets blew and those people lifted up their voice like a sound of triumph all of a sudden. I felt something underneath me begin to tremble. And I felt something to my right begin to tremble and something to my left begin to tremble. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, we had fell flat to the ground. And I remember looking up and seeing Joshua and his army stepping over us and going in to the promised land. Out of their wandering in the wilderness, out of their dry place, they stepped into the promised land. So I'm here the rock to testify that walls still fall. Walls still fall. 
walls of resistance, walls of addiction, walls of poverty, walls of racism, walls of limitation, walls that the enemy says you can go this far but no further. Walls still fall. And if you've ever had God bring some walls down in your life, you better praise Him and give Him all the honor and glory. Hallelujah. So if you've ever had walls of hurt, walls of pain, walls of depression come down in your life, we should always praise Him with all of our heart, might, soul, and strength. Because if He did it before, you need to be reminded that He can do it again. Walls still fall. And your praise will bring those walls down. Mm. These rocks have got it going on. Thank you, Joshua. I mean, Joshua's rock. I got another one that I see over there that I believe he's wanting to talk. Ooh, he's heavy. You're solid. What would you like to say? Well, I, I was in the river, and, and I was stuck in the mud. But then one day, it was a huge gully washer. It was a rainstorm that started making me move in the river. And it started flipping me around. The more I got into the flow of that river, it started to smooth out some of those rough edges that I had. My temper started to smooth out. My filthy mouth, it started to clean up. My rough way of living started to smooth out. And I was a rough rock. Tell me about it. I was a rough rock. I caused all kinds of trouble, but that river, that river got a hold of me and kept cleaning me and smoothing me out. And now, I don't cuss people out anymore. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's good. And now I don't get drunk on Friday nights in the club and then go to church on Sunday and act like I'm a Christian. You do your thing right. God has smoothed out all of the rough edges on me and got me on the right path. But then I got stuck in the mud again. But I'll never forget that day. Even though I'd been cleaned up, I'd been washed and I'd smoothed out and it seemed like everything was going great, I still got stuck again. But there came a day when God sent that shepherd boy, David, to pick me up. And I don't know why he picked me, because there were a lot of rocks around. There were a lot of stones. There were other stones around, but he chose me. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't educated enough. I had a rough past, as you heard. But he chose me. And when you're stuck, it takes the hand of the shepherd to get you out. And I can hear David's rock, and I'm sure his rock was, I, I, I don't know, I, I assume it was a little smaller than this one, but for visual purposes, I, I'm, I got a little bit bigger one. But I can just hear this rock saying, I'll never forget, I, I don't know where he was taking me, but he put me in this pouch, and sometimes he got on my nerves, and he would go places, but then he, he took me places that I had never been before, but one day... He started picking up the pace. The brother started running, and we were bouncing around. It was me and four other stones in there. We were bouncing all over the place, and then he reached in his pouch, and once again, out of all the stones in there, he chose me. I was just a small little insignificant stone in my mind, but he chose me. 
And when he put me in that sling and started slinging me around, I will never forget that day that the shepherd released me and threw me in the air toward that giant. And if you're stuck today, it's going to take the hand of the shepherd. See, that rock had all of the potential in the world, but it couldn't do anything until it got into the hands of the shepherd. The shepherd can get you ready for your destiny and for your purpose. The shepherd is the only one who can release you. You see, when David released that stone from his sling, the stone flew toward its destiny and its purpose. And I can remember thinking as the rock, I, the rock speaking, I'm too small, he's too big, I can't do this, but he picked me, so here I go. And before I knew it, I hit that giant square between the eyes. I knocked him down. So I, the rock, am here to testify that giants still fall. And cancer can still be defeated. And sickness can be no more. And you might say, well, you don't know the giant that I'm facing, but I'm here to tell you God's got the stone that will take your giant out. God chose you. He picked you. He's got you in his sling and he's ready to propel you toward your future and your destiny. All you have to do is trust him, praise him, believe him, and your giant will fall. And somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere in the Middle East, probably where our pastor, Miss Jackie, and some of our folks are, there's a rock in the sand that will testify that there is no giant that you're facing that your God cannot defeat. Have you ever had him bring a giant down in your life? Praise him for it. God, thank you, Jesus, that you're a giant killer. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I see another one. Here's another one. Are y'all keeping count? I'm almost done. I see another one. This one can be found in Mark 5. Who are you? What's your story? Well, notice I've got a, a rough edge. Notice I've got a little blood on me. Notice I'm kind of sharp. His name was Legion. And he lived among the tombs. He was possessed by thousands of demons. And when those demons would manifest, he would take me and he would cut himself. He was filled with self-hatred. He was filled with a destructive spirit. He hated himself. And no man could tame him and no one could change him. But then, one day as he was cutting himself with me, a tall, lean Galilean by the name of Jesus stepped off of a ship and onto the land of the Gadarenes. And when he did, I will never forget. He dropped me. He put me down. And he started running. He started to run. And even though he was filled with thousands of demons, he fell at the feet of Jesus and he began to worship. I want to pause right there and let you know that there is nothing that is authorized to stop your worship, including thousands of demons. There is nothing that can stand between you and Jesus. And when he fell at the feet of Jesus, Jesus cast those demons out of him and they went into the swine and they went and run off a cliff and into the sea and drowned. So I just want to testify 
That man was never the same again. He was clothed and in his right mind. He never picked me up again. He never used me again. He never tried to destroy his future and his life with me again. And I just want to say to somebody here today who feels like you're bound with a destructive habit and you can't get free and it's killing you, that Jesus still sets captives free. There is no destructive thing destroying you. That's, there's no self-hatred. There's no depression. There's no spirit of suicide. There is nothing that Jesus of Nazareth cannot defeat and conquer and set you free from. Amen. Receive that in the name of Jesus. And I've got a feeling in a crowd this size that we've got some folks this morning that could testify to the fact that you've had some struggles. I know that I have. But Jesus stepped onto the shore of my life and I've never been the same since. He was able to take me from depression, deliver me, and now I've got joy that is unspeakable. And if you don't praise Him, the rocks will cry out. Thank you, Jesus. And there might be some here today that you struggle with an addiction or self-hatred or depression. But this rock today has stopped by to tell you that there is a rock somewhere that will cry out that Jesus still sets the captives free. You don't have to be in bondage anymore. Got one more over here. Mm, this is a good size one. What's your story? Well, my story can be found in John 8. They caught her in the very act of adultery she was guilty of sexual immorality the Pharisees dragged her out of the bed of adultery and into the presence of Jesus and threw her at his feet and they said to him Moses and the law says that she should be stoned and killed what do you say Jesus I was there this is the rock I was there I saw a lot of my cousins and brothers in the hands of those Pharisees gathered around in the long black robes. They were poised and ready to throw the rocks and kill that woman. Mmm, but that man Jesus. The Pharisees wanted to give her judgment and vengeance and destruction. But that man Jesus. You see, if you want to hurt somebody, the last thing you should do is throw them at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> If you want to hurt somebody, throw them at the, the feet of a bunch of religious, self-righteous Pharisees and critics. But don't ever throw them at the feet of Jesus. Because all he's going to do is forgive them. All he's going to do is redeem them. All he's going to do is restore them and put them on a good path. All he's going to do is say, go and sin no more. He's going to give grace and he's going to give truth. I don't know what kind of Jesus that you've heard about, but as the rock, let me tell you what I saw. They threw her at the feet of Jesus, and he knelt in the sand, and he touched the dirt. And can I tell you, I'm glad that we serve a Jesus that doesn't mind touching the dirt and touching dirty things. I'm so glad that when we're messed up and we're dirty, he's not afraid to get down in the dirt and love us and redeem us 
But that man, Jesus, he knelt down and started writing something in the sand. And, and I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell. And we don't know what it said. But, but I, I think it could have said something like this. Pharisee number one. This is not in the Bible. Just so you know, this is not in the Bible. This is taking a little liberty. Just using imagination. Pharisee number one. Last Friday night, you were with Sister Sally Mae from the choir at the Red Roof Inn. And then I think he looked up and said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And I think Pharisee number one said, oh, I, somebody's calling me. I got to go. Peace out. I'll see y'all later. But I don't, I don't know what he wrote in the sand. Maybe he wrote, my blood will be shed for the remission of all sin. Maybe he wrote, For God so loved this world that he gave me his only son to die for you one day. I don't know what he wrote, but whatever he wrote in that sand, one by one, I watched it. They all dropped their rocks and were gone. See, Jesus never broke the law because the law demanded that there be witnesses there to condemn her and to stone her when he looked up and he saw the woman he says woman where are your accusers she says they're not here so Jesus says well neither do I condemn you now go and sin no more and I just want to say that God has not called us to be stone throwers Bethesda he's called us to be stone movers we're supposed to move stones like the stone of Lazarus. We're supposed to not hurt people, but we're supposed to raise people back from the dead. Bring the dead back to life. And as the rock, I just want to say to you today that if we don't praise him, if we don't remember how far that he's brought us and all that he's done for us, rocks will testify and cry out. They will stand up and testify that the Jesus that we serve is the same yesterday in the Bible times and in all those miracles that we hear. He's the same today and He's the same forever. Amen. He's the same. Amen. I've got one more rock in conclusion. I've got one more rock in conclusion. And, and so that I do conclude, would everybody please join me in standing? If I see y'all standing, I won't go too long. Is it all right if I talk about one more stone? Yes, yes. This one can be found in Luke 23. And I think Brother Roger has a picture of it. And this is the, that stone speaking. I was supposed to separate. I was supposed to be the separation from God and man. I was supposed to hold him in. I was supposed to keep him away. But I've come to testify today that he cannot be held in. He cannot be constrained. He cannot be put in a box and sealed away. Because he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the way maker when it seems like there is no way. He's the provider when it seems like all is lost. He's the bright and morning star. He's the sweet rose of Sharon. He is the great I am. Whatever you need, He is. He is.
I couldn't hold him back and there's nothing in this world that can hold him back from being there for you I tried to hold him in and for a couple days I did but on the third day I started to shake and rumble a little bit and before I knew it I was moved to the side and Jesus Christ stepped out alive and well he rose from the dead he conquered death hell and the grave and if he can conquer that he can conquer any situation that you're facing today now as the altar team is coming forward if if there is anything that you would like to pray over this morning anything that you want to pray about you don't have to be a member of this church you don't have to if you want to pray about anything these altars are open because if you need deliverance he's able if you need comfort if you're here today and you are hurting if you need comfort and peace and you need that joy restored I want you to come to the altar and pray and if you're here today you feel lost the Waymaker is in the building. If you feel lost like Jacob was, God can give you a dream. If you're in a dry spell, come down here and pray. Because He can turn your deserts into rivers of blessing. Do you believe that today? Amen. And if you feel like there's some walls of resistance that you just keep hitting a wall, hitting the wall walls of lack walls of limitation please be reminded today that your praise will bring the walls down and walls still fall giants still fall and if you're experiencing any hurt if you're experiencing depression if you're experiencing sickness physical mental you don't have to tell anybody at this altar what you're praying about they just want to pray with you and be with you and if you don't want to come to this altar and everything is all good, if you have breath inside of you, if you have breath in your lungs, let's keep some rock silent today. How about that? Let's lift up our praise to the mighty King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords from whom our blessings flow. As this music begins to sound, you feel free to walk up to this altar and pray. These altars are open. As they sing, come down and pray. We want to pray with you.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.